0: The Spot Track Podcast. Talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Hey everybody, welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. Happy Halloween. We're recording it on Halloween morning. I've already dipped into the candy bowl, uh, by the way, today, so if you're a kid coming to my house tonight, <clears throat>
1: you're getting, uh, what would be the worst candy like, if I was going to say, oh, so you're going to eat all the good stuff and you're going to leave this for your kids in the neighborhood. Nico
0: Wafers. That's
1: what I was oh, going to say. Yes. Neko, awful. by the way. We used to call Neko, them. Neko. Neko. Those That's what I was going to say. I'm
0: there with you. They all had, right. like, they had like dust on them. Consensus. Right. Right. That's there right. you go. Consensus. Yeah. Worst those, candy.
2: Those are terrible. Or...
0: The, the
1: analytics numbers at SpotTrack.com have determined <laughs> yeah. that 92% of Halloween kids... I don't want necko. I've wafers. actually
2: listened to quite a few candy drafts this week. on
1: podcasts and stuff. Of
2: course you have. Pretty good entertainment. <laughs> I would say black licorice
0: a close second. I'm with
1: you on black licorice, yep. <laughs> That's a close second. Rob, I'm with you on that, too. Um,
0: you know what I had, by the way? And actually, I had this for breakfast this morning. Um, my wife left it. And we'll, Big bowl we'll, of gummy bears? Uh, no. <laughs> that was yesterday morning. <laughs> with milk? <laughs> no. Uh, a Zagnut.
1: Is that underrated? A Zagnut. I'm not sure that is. Oh, well, explain, are explain. solid. Zag nuts, paydays, 100 grand bars, those are all underrated, very good candy bars. The
0: Zag might be the most underrated candy bar. It is peanut butter and toasted coconut together. Oh, I'm in. And kind of like a, a Butterfinger type uh, consistency. It was yep. incredible. Really? All right. Anyways, you know what's incredible? Our, we have a guest today yep. on the show. And with the NFL trade deadline yesterday, all the trades that went down, uh, Mike has dialed up an expert. That Not that Mike's not an expert, uh, but a man who covers it, breaks the stories from CBS Sports, CBSSports.com, Jason Lockenfora, Tons of energy. Well, well, Jason, a lot of trades yesterday at the deadline, and it seems if you were a wide receiver, then uh, you were on notice yesterday uh, to be traded yeah. in the NFL. Just uh, in general, talk about uh, if you were surprised at the receivers that were moved and how many were
3: moved. No, no. Um... No, I'm not. I mean, you had a lot of contending teams, high-end contending teams, with motivated owners and and cap and cash, you know, readily available, at least enough to facilitate a significant move. When you when you're looking at teams like New England, uh, Philadelphia, even the Saints, and and their their situation was mitigated a little bit by the Eli Apple trade, and they really felt like corner above all else they had to do. But trust me, they. They were, they were interested in a lot of receivers, but they just didn't want to add a guy to add a guy. Like, had Denver played ball on Emmanuel Sanders, I think he's a saint or a patriot today. Um, they were super stubborn about that one, or even, or even, you know, I mean, there was a lot of teams interested in him. Way more so than Demaryius Thomas, but Demaryius Thomas was a salary dump. Emmanuel Sanders is a football trade. John Owen didn't want to make a football trade. My guess is by the combine, he's dying to make a football trade, but we'll see. Um, so no, I'm 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 not surprised. Corner and uh, and wide receiver really early on, going back weeks, um, were two positions that teams were making a significant amount of calls on. You know, and and even teams that you wouldn't figure, like one of the teams I heard called on Amari Cooper first was the Colts, just because well he's young enough, and you know T Y Hilton's not getting any younger, and you know you can draft them sure, but is this a great wide receiver draft? Maybe not. Um, you know, so that depending on these guys' contract, age, and injury history, there were varying degrees of interest. You know, Golden Tate, a lot of interest in him. I mean, a three, you weren't going to do any better than a three, you know, and... Um, for what, what is basically a rental and a guy who they don't want to pay Jarvis Landry money to Golden Tate in Detroit. And and I can understand, you know, what's going into age thirty one season next year, why you might be of that mind. But if you're Howie, you're like, I'm gonna get that third back or maybe a fourth as a compensatory pick, depending on what he's signed, you know, depending obviously what they do in free agency and what Golden Tate brings on the open market if he doesn't stay there. And either way, what's a three to him if he's trying to he's trying to win back to back Super Bowl. So I think most of these trades to me made sense. The one that didn't was the biggest one in the receiver class, which is Amari Cooper, who I don't think he puts Dallas over the top. I don't think he prevents Dallas from staring at a fairly uncomfortable rebuild, um, or at least a retooling of assets. And um, I don't think he, I mean, to me, they're a seven to nine win team with them or without them. Uh,
2: I agree with that. I I do think the Tate move was Easily the best move of, of the day yesterday. Um I knew he was going. I didn't think that was going to be the landing spot. I thought Philly did a great job as you as you sort of laid out there, just to say we're we're all in here and that's the right guy for our system right now. What about teams that didn't do anything? What about Kansas City? Uh, uh New England? Yeah, and the Patriots, obviously, in terms of acquiring yeah. and what, and what you about you know what I'm yeah. more
3: interested in guys I'm more interested in the teams that totally fooled themselves. Like Kansas City was trying, but if you look at Janoris Jenkins' film Yeah, and I know they're not using them right, but I had a lot of teams, even teams that were, weren't in it, but they're like, well, let me just tell you what my evaluation would be. It's not pretty. <laughs> you know, it's not pretty and at that price point. I, I mean, I can understand not wanting to give more than a five or something like that. Um, you know, New England, they're always looking, they're always trying. They added Josh, Josh Gordon. I mean, that's a trade deadline move. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you had to do that. I mean, like, I know it didn't happen at the deadline, but, I mean, any trade that's made in season to me is essentially, you've you got to do it by week eight. You know, like, there's no more trades after week eight. And, and that one, given the surroundings of it, was earlier because Cleveland was about to release him. But, it, you know, it's not as if they're not doing things. And they'll probably make a, you know, get a guy or two on waivers or somebody who's cut somewhere else in the salary dump who helps them out. What I'm more interested in is the te- like all- the teams that just let parity be their enemy, you know, who get fooled into thinking that three and four and we'll probably be playing games that matter in December, which you might, but you're also not going to the playoffs. If you go to the playoffs, you're an easy out, and you're probably blowing your buildings up next year because of your quarterbacks or recent bad drafts or your coaches in a lame duck year or whatever. You know what I mean? Like Miami. I mean, they could have got something for Cam Wake, like – Probably something pretty decent for a guy who I can't. Imagine, I mean, how much longer is he going to be? He's been there forever, and they've won nothing with him. I mean, let the man go, set him free. The Rams were all over him. I liked him more than Fowler. I, mean, I Fowler's younger. I agree. I mean, you know,
2: it's less about the, who, it's labels. less about the teams that didn't and, acquire players, Jason, and more about teams who didn't dump at this point, right? I mean, isn't that what, what we should be seeing more of at this deadline? Are teams who are who are defining themselves as not contenders, not actual contenders, who just want to get rid of cap at this point, right?
3: Well, that's why, I mean, that. that's why there weren't more trades, because, like, Baltimore isn't sitting there saying, wow, Suggs, go look at Baltimore's top eight guys in committed cash for next year. All of them, except for Tony Jefferson, will be at least age 31. Yeah. All of them are on the decline. Like, why wasn't Terrell Suggs like really you're four and four again? You're forty-four and forty-four since your Super Bowl. You're seven and twenty-five against playoff teams since your Super Bowl. Joe Flacco since twenty thirteen is the worst road quarterback in the NFL. Nine more interceptions than anybody else on the road. You drafted Lamar Jackson in the first round. Your coach is in a lame duck year next year. Do you really think with Pittsburgh Cincinnati and still having to go to the Chargers and to the Chiefs that you're going to win more than eight or nine games this year and you're going to the Super Bowl? Because if you're not, everything's being blown up. And you didn't want to talk about Terrell Suggs. You didn't want to talk about Marshall Yonder. You didn't want to talk about selling Eric White. I mean, that's why there's not still a true real trade market, because Miami, Baltimore, I mean, why is that? Why, did, why wouldn't Arizona try to get two ones for Patrick Peterson? Yes. You're going to win nothing yes. with Patrick Peterson ever! Yes. And he's going to come to you at the combine and say, okay, I did you a solid in the middle of the year and rescinded that thing, but what's your bleeping plan? How are we getting better in the next two years while I'm signed? And if I don't like that plan, guess what? Why don't you try to get something for me now with two controllable years? Like, why did Denver only do one salary dump? Is Emmanuel Sanders going to be there next year? Are Roby and Harris going to be there next year? You know, that's the ones that, like, dude, you, you you need to be keeping up with Gruden in your own division, trying to beat Mahomes, and having any semblance of a chance to retool that team. Why not just float Von Miller? Like, yeah. if Khalil Mack unsigned his two ones, how about Von Miller on what now looks like a fairly team-friendly contract going into his age 30 season? Jason, like, is... That would, no one even talked about it. Like, no one blasphemy. Why? <laughs> Why is that blasphemy? What are they going to win with Von Miller? When are they getting a real quarterback? When are they getting an offensive line? Why are you still worried about, oh, well, we were, Manuel Sanders is still a good player? Yeah, he's 30 years old, and like five really good teams want him. Like... Okay, dump Demarius for nothing. That's fine. You got out of the contract. Kudos. But, like, what is that fourth going to become? Like, that's what blows my mind still about this league. I mean, there should have been a whole underbelly Tampa. Come on. Yes. you back to Fitzpatrick. I know everybody's getting fired there and they want to save their jobs. But, like, what, it's these owners have to step in and be like, you want to save your job? Here's your best bet. Unload what you can and let me see what you can bring back. And then I'll think about if you guys are the ones here post-Winston. But no, not even, not, not, not a word. No, we're not going to trade Deshaun Jackson. We're trying to win right now. Well, okay, that's how you get stuck in this vortex between, like, six and eight wins every year. Like, I'd rather be really good or really bad than, again, Baltimore, quit the central team. Like, they'll probably win eight or nine games. Boy, week 17 will probably matter. They might have an outside shot to back their way into a wild card spot. But then what does that buy them in 2019? And you're still going to have to blow it up.
1: You, you said something interesting and related to the Eagles and Howie Roseman, and here's the question for you, Jason. Do teams value draft picks differently now or maybe any differently than before? Do some teams say, got to keep them, need all of them I can, or are there more teams that have done the research that says, you know what, a third-round pick for a guy that can help me now is a deal I'm willing to do at any time?
3: I think a lot of it comes down to your, your own personal draft record, your degree of confidence in yourself, and your sort of internal belief of, of does ownership really have my back and really trust me long-term. John Gruden's got the ultimate bully pulpit. Only Bill Belichick probably has a bigger one, right? So he knows 10-year contract, 10 million a year, nobody to answer to. I'm going to rework this front office. I'm going to get my guys, whether it works or not. And that's a huge question, the biggest if in the world. But he, he, you, you can see why he would be willing to say, okay, this guy's a really great player. But if you're going to give me two ones for him, you can have him. Okay, this guy is a really good player. He definitely ain't great. And I definitely don't want to pay him $17 million a year. So if you want to give me a one to then go and do all that, that's great. I'm not going to trade him for less than that. And everybody who met his price, he made the trades. Now, obviously, what he would have wanted for a on Conley, a Carl Joseph, a Coletio Sommelay, you know, nobody was willing to meet that, and, and he's a guy who, again, he's stuck to his guns, and it's worked, but he can do it because he's swinging a big you-know-what there. Some of these other guys who don't know if they're still going to have the job in January, they're probably not sitting there saying what's going to be the best for the next five years of this organization. They probably don't have the confidence to go to their owner and say, hey, man, I'm just going to give it to you straight. Like, I know we're three and four, or Denver's case, three and five, or whatever, and Denver's ownership situation is different, but it's, it's not our year, you know, and I look at our schedule and I just got to tell you, I think, you know, the best thing for this organization is to hold an auction on four or five of these guys who aren't going to be here when we're good. And if people meet our price, great. And if they don't, then we don't do anything. And we go into the locker room and say, hey, we're making business decisions. Sorry. Um, but either way, it's you know, we're probably further away than we thought. I mean, you know, but like in Miami, is that where is that where Mike Cannonbaum's head is right now? I don't, I don't it certainly seem that way, or Cam Wake would be a ram, and you know the uh, Jones might be somewhere else and I mean they, they, you know there's some things they could have done to try to set themselves up to get a quarterback next year but I just, I just think a lot of guys don't have the sort of the moxie they're not willing to, to kind of shake things up and and you know send some ripples to the, you know, to the owner's office that may not be the exact signal you want to send and there's a lot of guys in self-preservation mode in this in this league and, and I get it. Um, but I, that's why I think some of these owners. I mean, th- there's a way to handle that. I mean, I think some of these owners got to be smart enough to say, "Okay, wait a minute. I'm looking at this. You tell me why we're not selling. And if you're, if the reason is, well, you know, I, you know, we're we're trying to win right now, so we can you know keep our jobs. Hey, man, your job requirement now is to do the best teardown you can do for me to evaluate whether you're the guy to rebuild it back up.
2: Amen to that. One more team, and in, in your neck of the woods there, and I think it's a team that you know. Is is teasing themselves in the standings, and obviously made a move to sort of you know push themselves forward here. I'm talking about the Redskins, of course. Is, is that Clinton Dix move a golden tape type move? Same vein, right?
3: I don't mind that. I don't. I don't. I don't mind that trade. Um, I, I mean, are they going to prove over a 16 game sample size to be better than the Eagles? Maybe, maybe not. But they, they didn't. You know, a lot of people didn't think they would be in this situation. They don't. Sniffed the playoffs very often under Dan Snyder. Mm. And let's face it, they're not not—they're not pretending they have this one-million-person uh, waiting list anymore for tickets, right? I mean, even, you know, they're playing big games. I mean, they blow out Arizona week one on the road, which they were underdogs. And they come home for their home opener, and there's nobody in the stands. <laughs> so I think they had to send a message to the fan base, too, that, like, hey, we, we acknowledge this, and this Adrian Peterson thing has worked probably better than anybody thought it could. And here we're, you know, what's a fourth-round pick to us right now <laughs> when we've, we've got a really good front seven with a lot of young guys who aren't going to make money for a while, but we're still suspect on the back end. And Josh Norman can be really good one week and really awful the next, and Swearinger's been great, but let's try to make that duo back there even better. Coverage has been an issue for them for years, so... um I'm kind of uh, I'm intrigued by the by the Green Bay side of it because Green Bay to me is is another team like Baltimore, like Miami, like Tampa, like like Denver. You know, don't get fooled by the standings. You know, go back to the film and go look at your cap situation and go look at your contracts and go look at where your money's allocated and go look at how many years Aaron Rodgers has left. And are they really? Are, you know, are they is Green Bay really going to be able to in January beat the likes of, you know, the Saints and the Rams and the Vikings in consecutive weeks? Because if they're not, especially in that town, they don't want to hear about wild card. You know, they want to hear about the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl parade, and are they, you know, are they going to pay Ha Ha Clinton Dix the kind of money they'd have to pay him long term? Or do they put those assets into getting real talent around Aaron Aaron Rodgers and giving him a fighting chance on that side of the ball? Um, They've drafted a lot of young defensive backs in recent years. So I think for them, I'm, you know, I'm enthused that they did it because that's sort of been a staid conservative team where I don't think you could, like, Ted Thompson doesn't do that, right? No, no way. I mean, I don't think he would even consider. Like, I don't think anybody would even call Ted Thompson, you know, at five hundred at the deadline and ask for one of his players because, like, why would he do that? Yeah, he's off at so, that point. That, that's intriguing to me. You know, that's a positive sign.
0: Uh, Jason, the final thing, and we appreciate your time. We're, you know, we're in Buffalo, and if Tyrod Taylor wasn't the guy traded from Buffalo to Cleveland. Do you think Buffalo would ask for Tyrod Taylor from Cleveland cuz they need a quarterback <laughs> and they're terrible and the only guy seemingly available for trade might have been Tyrod Taylor.
3: Yeah, or Nick Foles, you know. I mean, how he would give you Nick Foles I, at this point. I don't know that anybody really believes that, you know, Nick Foles is going to is going to turn back the hands of time and be what he was for, you know, 5 4 or 5 weeks. Um at the end of last season yeah there there wasn't a lot there I mean it it's unfortunately attrition, I mean, <laughs> look, let's be real I, I, like, <laughs> Colin, like, nobody even mentions Colin Cow like it. it just kind of blows <laughs> my mind at this point. it's like it's like he doesn't even it doesn't even come up, but it's like, oh well, we'll get Derek Anderson and Derek Anderson gets hurt, so we'll go back to Peter and I'm not saying this as a buffalo thing, I mean like you know. Marcus Mariota's banged up again early in the year, and, uh, you know, they're running Blaine Gabbard out there, and it's like, no, we're, we're going to work out a bunch of quarterbacks, but not Colin Kaepernick. And, you know, what is Bethard is now hurt in San Francisco, right? And they're yeah. in the dregs, and I get it. Obviously, he left there, blah, 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 blah. But, like, it's not even, it's not even thought of. Let's, you know what I mean? we are asking yeah. about should they trade for Tyrod again? It's like, there's a guy out there who, especially when you're at this point of no return where you're literally just looking for somebody to do anything to get you through the final half of the year at that position. I mean, this guy's, what, 30 years old? I mean, you could sign him to a two-year deal with some upside, but nobody, it's it's like it's not even fathomable.
0: Performance on the field. If I'm Colin Kaepernick, I have my attorney for the case against the NFL saying Exhibit A is Nathan Peterman. Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's, it, again... You, you, I, you can rule him out for various reasons, whatever you want to come up with. This owner had a bad experience with him, blah, 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 blah But, like, none of, that, none of that's football.
2: Not you talent. Know? Nope. Does
3: somebody sign Chad Kelly at Oof. some point? <laughs> you know, after, if that thing goes to trial or whatever happens there, like, does some team sit there in the spring and say, go back and look at his preseason film and say, you know, we get this guy for nothing right now. Like, I'll be interested to see My my, my gut is somebody probably does somewhere within a 32-team league. But this guy will never get a workout again.
2: Jeez. Amazing. Best best Halloween meme of the morning. Nathan Peterman in full uniform with a bowl of candy with a caption... (laughs) six. <laughs> oh,
0: that's terrible. I feel, I feel bad for the guy, but that's funny. All right, Jason, we appreciate uh, your time and all your insights and your passion for it. Thanks for joining us on the SpotTrack.com podcast.
3: My pleasure. Have a good one, guys. Thank Thanks. you.
0: Our thanks again to Jason on fora from CBSSports.com. Uh, un-
3: Man, we <laughs> yeah. got him fired up, didn't yeah.
2: we? You could just let him go, can't
3: you? But, nope. you know, the
0: interesting part there uh, on the end, uh, you know, was about Colin Kaepernick, uh, the quarterback situation, you know, because there weren't any traded. And I just thought maybe there'd be a backup traded um, or something. I, I thought it was interesting they said Foles could have been had. Yeah. Um, Although
2: he had a pretty rough start to the year. Yeah, he did.
0: But, you know, there's a veteran quarterback as they're, you know, Super Bowl aspirations again. Mm -hmm. You know, and we talk about the situation uh, here in Buffalo, uh, you know, they brought a guy in off the street. It is interesting that uh, Kaepernick can't even get a workout and it's because of the other reasons. I mean, it's pretty that seems pretty be. obvious to, to, to me, right? I mean, yeah.
1: Right. Although I do want to say this, I've I've talked to enough football people who, and and as Jason referred to, it's a it's a is it a football decision about Kaepernick or is it an everything else decision? But the football people will tell you a couple of reasons why nobody is knocking Colin Kaepernick's So let strictly football related. What two years he hasn't played in two years, mm-hmm. right? So nobody knows what kind of shape he's in. Nobody knows you know, whether he can come right into your team and help you or not. He has been, well, well, listen, um, football reasons. He has been unreceptive to being a backup, to accepting the backup role. And frankly, he's not the Colin Kaepernick that took the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Sure, sure I agree the with league that. Because caught up with him, well, and he never seemed to really adjust in the ways that he needed to as a quarterback. So if you're a strict football evaluator and you're looking at a list of available quarterbacks, those are some significant negatives,
2: Mike. I, I also, we, we may forget about this, but at the end of his playing time with San Francisco, he also, remember, he lost a ton of weight. He went vegan, I think, right? Oh, yeah. Something like that. Point. That's a bad move. Lost a right. lot of muscle. Um, just uh, He was having trouble throwing the ball downfield. I, 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 that was a part of it. He didn't seem to want
1: to adjust yes. from what which, had gotten him to that's where right. he was that's right. to where the game had required but, that he adjusted to. But
2: none of these are really valid excuses, right? I mean, I mean the, the Bills are about to bring in Matt Barkley off the, off the street here to uh, compete with Nathan Peterman, which that's saying something. Yeah, no, so I, correct. I mean, just from an absolute talent, you know, talent discussion here, kaepernick has got to be one of the top available talent wise, right? I,
0: if you if you're it, it well, assumption wise. As, yeah, you're assuming like uh, he's at least worthy of a tryout. That's right. L- let's go back to the uh, the trades there real quick. Um so nothing actually I thought Lacan Foro was interesting it, Everybody's looking back at the Amari Cooper trade and saying, You give up a first rounder when you still all those other receivers go. And it and and it wasn't he didn't even get to up.
2: the to the, I think the most important part, which is he's he's gonna cost them thirteen million next year. Right. He's going to hamper them from rebuilding, which I think he tried to say. But he there's yeah. no way he's
1: gonna be worth thirteen million next year. No. I mean, he's not catching eighty right. balls on that team. And the Cowboys' point was, well, we're gonna if we're gonna take one next year, we might as well get one now that's already proven that can help us now. But your point on this is no, you should have waited till next year where you get better cost control on a first round pick the, at wide receiver. There's a
2: legitimate chance that he is average or worse for the rest of the year, and they have to cut him out of that fifth year option, and then they paid a first round pick for a nine week rental. And that's that's awful. Yeah, that's awful. Mm. All
0: right, let's uh, let's shift to baseball. Yeah, because uh, the Red Sox have won the World Series, and there are some things that now are in play. Yeah, we're in the off season for the, the Red, Red Sox off season. Yeah. We've seen uh, players opt out of contracts uh, with other teams. So, mm-hmm. and the Bryce Harper sweeps right, and we start thinking about that. Right? You know, isn't <laughs> it funny how
2: quiet that's been so far? Yeah. I mean, there's been nothing. I mean, I realize this thing just just ended this weekend, but. Um, It's fair to say, by the way, the Red Sox will not be going after Machado. No, I think the uh, crosstown rivals will be, though. Yes. I I do think the Yankees are going to be the favorites for Machado. Because they want a guy taking out first baseman. Very. (laughs) That That, is
0: is one side of it, I would (laughs) imagine. Once, okay, but twice, come on, dude. Anyhow. He he had
2: a rough postseason. Yes, he did. uh, I tried to do a little bit of evaluation on that, and I think he might have lost himself like $40 million this postseason. Really yeah out. I think if he if he was staring down 300 million, it's probably maybe down closer to 250 260 uh and maybe even lower if we're, if we're taking a few years away from it as well I, that ego really kind of sh- you know shone through a little bit yeah uh, he didn't hit well, he didn't I, he certainly wasn't clutch, um, and then obviously the uh, you know the issues with the, <laughs> with the slide and all that, and sort of how he handled that as well. but i I think his spotlight is dimmed a little bit a little bit, but not Harper. Not Harper. I, everything I'm seeing with Harper is exactly what we saw this time last year, which is he's still got a chance to be 3,50, 400000000 if he wants to go that long. Wow. He's got to stop thinking that way. And I, I've been saying this for the, for the entire year now. Uh, he's, got to think, he's got to be thinking like J.D. Martinez. He's got to be thinking, I want to give myself every player option available. I want to go to a team that maybe they can't pay me $30 million a year, but I'll take 25 because I know what I'm getting into. I mean, this, J.D. Martinez is the perfect, and the Boston Red Sox are the perfect model for how this whole thing should work, right? There is a, there's a window in a system, which they had. They needed power, and they needed a guy who could hit for power without hitting batting 203. That was J.D. Martinez in a nutshell. The guy bet he hit 315 with 40 home runs. I mean, that's not going to happen. You're not going to find that everywhere. And Harper's not going to do that either, by the way. But th- that's got to be the mindset. It can't be, I'm going to cash in with Chicago, or I'm going to cash in with Philly, it's got to be. If I'm going to Philly, I need to do this in a way that that gives me control in four years, gives them some flexibility financially. I mean, I, you can't break the pay, you can't break the bank. You can't right. put them in luxury tax danger. You know right. what I mean? Because You're not going to win. Right. You just start to clock just ticking, when they're going to get rid of you. You just can't do it anymore. Uh, so I, I, I'm hoping he's thinking less like Albert Pujols and more like JD Martinez as this thing sort of unfolds. But it's been dead quiet on him. Did the Yankees dead sort quiet. of
1: come out and indicate that they won't be in the Bryce Harper sweepstakes? Did I see that this week? I,
2: I would have to imagine. I mean, there's sort of a backlog there already in terms of the outfield. And now the Didi Gregorius injury really puts them, like I said, into the Machado sweepstakes, which is going to be plenty of money. Right.
1: Right. All right. So as we sit here now, uh, make a guess. Where does Where does Harper wind up? Yeah, I still think it's Philly. Okay. I
2: still think that makes the most sense. But I'm not going to count out Washington. Washington has a chance to be the team that says... We're bringing in this guy and this guy. We're going to go hard after Degrom if that's something they, you know, they well, think the they Mets, can do.
0: The new Mets GM wants to keep him. Well,
2: he's his agent, so let's get. In, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. Oh, freaking bonkers! But um, I'm not going to count out Washington because Washington does has have this sort of youth, right? they've got these guys that, and now they're proven. Right? They they yeah. played play these guys enough to say, hey, this this is really something. And Harper might like that. Harper might like being like the old man in the outfield right now, right? Um, the pressure is going to be a little bit less if he goes back to Washington because you're not you're not the new shiny thing, you know, with a ton of money, um, where, where the pressure is going to build upon that uh, for a new fan base. So they they sort of know what they have had with Harper over the years, you know. Obviously, they want him to be better than he was, you know, for six months this year. But I, Philly for, Philly won, Washington maybe two, a low two. But to me, that's where Bryce ends up.
1: All right, what uh, what are the some of the other uh, fire up the crystal ball here? What are going to be some of the other headlining It's going to be trades. baseball off-season yeah. headlines.
2: Yeah. A, a lot of the options that have been exercised or declined over the past 48 hours here were were red right as we thought. Um teams that did, you know, either were rebuilding and had to rip off the band-aid with a couple of veterans like the White Sox and the Padres did that. The Brewers made the Brewers were interesting. I thought the Moustakis yeah. um uh, option decline was was interesting, but I think they can get him back cheaper. That's probably yeah, what he, they're he thinking. Declined fifteen million. Fifteen million. Um, which this guy was valuing like twenty two million. Right. That's why I right. mean it's crazy where he how how his stock has dropped. Yes. Uh, they've got Travis Shaw. Um, so, he, but he 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 declined it. Right. has declined it. It was and essentially that, a mutual. Okay. It was but essentially but basically a mutual. you
0: decline it, we'll do a longer term
2: deal. It sounds like that is in play, but they've they've got Travis Shaw, a guy who can play his position and has had great years before. So it might be we need to trade this guy first, then we'll bring you back. And if we can't can't trade this guy, sayonara. So I I sort of understand that from a, from a financial. standpoint. Is Josh standpoint. Donaldson more attractive? No, I, he's going to be a very interesting guy to watch with these injuries, with his ego. I mean, he's a uh, he's thirty three years old. He's up there, but he yeah. can certainly still produce. He's 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 not getting long term. That's for sure. Um, there's going to be teams that need that for, for you know. There's going to be a three four guys out there that want to do this. But he's going to be one to watch because I think he's, he's the waiting game where the stock drops enough to where our price is, is decent. Um, but this is about trades. I'm, I'm about to launch – I just started last, yesterday. I launch, I'm launching a divisional financial outlook for, for every team where I'm basically throwing a couple of trade candidates out there, all the arbitration guys, sort of just a, a total off preview for every team. And I've got some interviews from some reporters across the league as well to go with that. But every every reporter I've talked to and all the work I've done to research these teams – there's at least one, maybe two viable trade candidates on every team. I think it's going to be a huge market for, for that sort of uh that sort of uh, of situation coming in the next few months, and it starts with the Mets. We'll start there. Yeah, let's, let's get into it. you think. All right. So the new GM for the Mets was a longtime, very successful agent. I mean, we're talking like one of the big boys, right? Not and quite we, Boris, but in the next tier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, he had I think I think eight active Mets were represented by this guy. And you know, and this isn't uncommon. I'm not. I'm not going out to say that this is something wrong. I mean, the Golden State Warriors are the are the poster boys for right. for this working. Right. That's that's sort of how this this all played out. So this can work, um, but it puts everybody in like this awkward position it's because Degrom was always going to be the off season story across the league, not just the Mets across right. the league. Yes. I mean there are probably three teams, four teams scouring their farm system trying to figure out the right play to get Jacob Degrom on their team this year. Um, and obviously the Mets want to keep him, but this isn't an ownership that pays this kind of money. They just don't do it. Well, not so, in the, not in the post made off era. So, so the comments, yeah, the comments I saw when this GM hiring happened was he's not taking this job unless he has knowledge from above that he can pay money, right? For his, his represent the guys he represented, which he can't do by the way anymore. Obviously he's got, to, these guys have to go find somebody else to work with. Correct.
0: Um, it is It is, a, it is a, a complete reversal of he's trying to acquire as much money as possible for players, and now he's trying to pay as little as possible uh, on the market. Yeah, they're a small market team, and that's just how it is. It's a a small market team it's crazy to think in that Queens,
2: way. New York. But th- let me throw this out to you guys because you guys are sort of outside the box here a little bit. Does this GM hiring help or hurt DeGrom as a Met next year? I mean, nobody knows him more than, than this guy, right? I think it helps. I think it
1: helps. There's an understanding of who DeGrom is. There's an understanding of what the financial situation is from both sides now um, for Van Van Wagner, is it? Yeah, the the yeah, new yeah. agent. I think it helps DeGrom's chances of staying in New York. I do not.
0: Okay. I think his value is his value, and whomever is his new agent is going to get him his value. And I think his current agent, if he's trying to build a winner, if he's trying to build a winner— Then he, you know, here's the paradox, right? I've got to have an ace, Mm -hmm. but man, I can't afford to pay that guy 30
1: million bucks and build a team that I've got, you know, they're an old team. Yeah. They're an old team. And that's what drives people nuts about. The current state of sports, Kevin, is if you're a Mets fan and you're looking at, like, we have the best pitcher in the league, and now you're telling me you have to get rid of them? Like, if you're going to build this to get it to be a winner, you start there. And this this crosses all sports, because we see this in all levels of sports. You have these really good players, and teams try to get rid of them instead of trying to figure out a way to build around them. And I get why it happens, because of the money. But if I'm a Mets fan, and I am, um, you look at it, you're like, okay, you got got this guy be creative figure out a way to keep him and then be smart about building around yeah. him don't just get rid of him for a bunch of guys that nobody's ever heard of where there's a 50-50 chance that they'll ever be any good
0: their problem is they're still paying some 50-year-olds everybody knows about Bonilla. did you know Saberhagen still gets still paid still on I, it. Didn't. No, still I didn't no i didn't That's know amazing. that <laughs> <laughs>
1: 250,000
2: brett saberhagen i, I think so awesome. by the way i think it would take that kind of deal to get ground to stay a massively deferred, system. you know, that's what they did with Max Scherzer in Washington. Sure. He's basically half deferred. He's he's getting paid for the next like 12 13 years. Yeah. In Washington. And if you're an athlete, that's a smart deal to take. It is smart. Right? And I mean, it's just where we are. I mean, Jacob DeGrom is going to demand 35 million a year. <laughs> and he's like 32 years old. Sure. So. Right. I I don't know where we go. So from what do there. you think? You think he stays? Cuz I don't think he does. Look at uh, this is like the biggest perplex for me because I I'm I'm all business, right? When I look at these sports now, I can't step outside of the business side of it. And from a business standpoint, while I agree, Paul, that it's risky to bring in six, you know, six prospects or three prospects and three current players or whatever it's going to be. No, no other guy in the league can do that, right? Like you, you literally have the top trade value possible, maybe in the past decade, right? I mean, it's the it, it would it would be the biggest trade that that baseball has seen in a decade. Yes, and the Mets are old, and the Mets can't get rid of the, those guys. Nope, they're not getting rid of Cespedes. Cespedes, nobody wants to take out. I don't think million. they're getting rid of Jay Bruce. They've got Todd Frazier for another year. They're paying so much money. They're paying David Wright another year to right. retire. So I, I, it's and that and that's Degrom's window. That's 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 the problem. You've got these thirty somethings making. Tens of millions, fifty 50 million those guys combined over twenty nineteen, and you've got Degrom for one more, two more years and of arbitration. That's half their payroll. That yeah. fifty million is half their so payroll. What's going to happen? So, you're literally trying to let those expire while Degrom's arbitration is expiring. You know, yeah. it's all going to happen together. So, do you let it all happen? Do you do you do you take Degrom to arbitration and hope he doesn't hold out and hope he doesn't demand a trade and and won't pitch because of it, which it could very much happen. It could be a Le'Veon Bell situation. Um I think you have to. If you're not gonna trade him, I think you have to keep him on arbitration, hope he plays, let all these old guys get off their contracts, and then you have DeGrom and a bunch of youngsters and maybe some money to go out and try to build around him, and you give DeGrom, you know, four years at thirty five million a year mm. <laughs> after next year. And you say, we're going we're gonna to go look elsewhere and, and fill this thing in. And hopefully the kids that you've grown up with on this team you know, can get to a point where we can win. I, I think I agree with you, Paul, that, that a trade is just too risky. Even if it's the biggest trade we've ever seen. There's so many unknowns. It's just
1: become so accepted in sports and, now, and, and that, I get that for the for very. But you know, I mean, there's an inherent risk in, it. and I think even as fans, you start to think, "Oh, get rid of them, trade them, get what you can get for them." But there's no guarantee that y- you're going to get back equal value. But, you're but, taking a big chance. But think about what it would take, right? they want two, maybe three A
2: prospects to for Degrom, and who, what team is going to do that? Not we're we're, we're in a world right now where yeah. the Astros and it's the Phillies all and the Braves, about the prospects. they're winning with their prospects. They, they almost yeah. went to the World Series because of their 20-year-olds. So who's going to give up that 20-year-old to get a 30-something pitcher who's going to cost you $35 million? Like, it's backwards. It's backwards. So even if we think, we're sitting here thinking this trade could be massive, I'm not sure there's a team out there that, that would do it. Doesn't David Price, though, just prove the point oh. for getting uh, DeGrom? I don't know. I, it's so hit. It's thirty-one million a year, whether he's good or not, right? <laughs> I mean, that's right. I mean, and that's the point. So, yeah, he had a he had a hell of a run there to finish that off. Yes, but it took
1: a while. I, <laughs> it took a while.
2: But you know, Kershaw's making thirty-four million a year.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, there so there's,
1: there's, a there's, there's, there's your counterpoint right there. Right? LA not <laughs> LA fans can't be real happy with him right now. All so. right.
0: What's the uh, if we were putting a salary cap on costumes for Halloween? What would be the the highest capped costume? Meaning, you know, you'd have to pay the most for... Anything
1: superhero-related, right? I don't
0: know. I mean, Superman's got to...
1: What's in vogue right now? I don't know. I don't have have little kids anymore, so you guys got to help out with that.
0: Well, no, Avengers, right? Avengers are big. Sure. Black Panther. Black Panther. That's up there. Thanos. My my son want to be Thanos. You want to be the villain. Awesome. That's That's great. That's good. That's good. (laughs) I, uh... Do do you... uh, You you have young kids? I have two daughters, yes. They're both dressing
2: up. Do you do you dress up to go trick or treating with them? So this is what I do. Um I've been playing the card that I'm not dressing up this year mm-hmm. because I did last year. I was Mr. Incredible for my daughter who was Violet Incredible, right? Awesome. Okay. So I've been playing like the uh, I'm not doing it this year, but I am doing it. Sweet. And I'm doing it <laughs> I'm doing it in, in style. I bought myself a way too expensive Buddy the Elf costume and I'm going to be sitting in the street when her bus rolls up waving like a an idiot. <laughs> Ready to embarrass the hell out of her in front of all of her friends. Video so. available on oh, yeah. spottrack.com. Oh, yeah.
1: I love uh, it. Yeah. Later this week. yeah. So we're I'd going l- all in
2: on embarrassing
1: love the evil this year.
2: Well, you want to talk
0: about embarrassing, uh, <laughs> you know, Paul, you, your kids are grown and gone. Yes, but they are. So you're, you're not dressing up. I am not. Um, I had to do it on television. Actually, last I Friday. did see this. Did you see this? I did. The, I did. The, the Ron, <laughs> the the poor man, Ron Burgundy. Yes. Yes. And I couldn't find an exact wig, so I had this horrible wig, yep. and the mustache kept coming off every time I talk on the segment. And <laughs> so I'd act like I was stroking my mustache, <laughs> try to get the tape back down, <laughs> and have to retape during the segment. Yeah. And it did it look
2: as bad as I thought it? It looked like you threw it together five <laughs> minutes before the show. But but that's the whole point, right? I mean, you don't well. Mind. You don't want to look like you bought the you rented the costume. Well, people like ask me like, "Wow, where'd
0: you get that costume?" I'm like, "Actually, I own this suit. Yeah, it's my own shirt and tie." Do they have
1: like a pre-packaged Ron Burgundy? Oh yeah, you can. They must,
0: but not where I went to buy it. And you know, I didn't really plan well. It just kind of came together late by the producer. And I said, "Okay, I'll go get something." And all they had was seventies, you know, anchor wig and mustache. Yeah, Austin Powers.
2: (laughs) Austin Powers does the news. Yes. Yeah. So it was
0: fun. It was fun, but, yeah, I realized that looked ridiculous. Yeah, that's the point. But though. it was on television. Yes, it is. And now it's on social media. <laughs> and now, now it's right on now. social media everywhere, yes, <laughs> which is great. Good. All right. A happy Halloween, everybody. Hopefully you get a Zagnut uh, <laughs> in your trick-or-treat bag and no Necco wafers with that. Thanks again to Jason Uh We should mention, uh, while we were talking before, <laughs> when we connected with him, uh, his dog was on attack. Yeah. It was awesome. And maybe we'll have him on again. To hopefully, we can explain uh, the dog situation with Jason Lockenfor. You missed that; we did. It was great, and I think that led to part of his passion. But great his to dog have-
2: is on the IR right Yes, now. yes, yeah. yes.
0: Great to have Lockenfor here on the show for Mike Giannetti, Paul Peck, on Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening to the SpotTrack
3: dot com podcast.